Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. I've said this before, and I'm going to say it again because it's so important, and that is we all have something that we need to heal from. We really do. And you might not even know that you have things to heal from. And I'm not necessarily talking about the back that hurts you, or maybe you have a uh, rotator cuff issue, which I do. But there's a lot more in terms of healing your mind, your body, and your soul. And one of the best ways to do that is with energy, energy healing. Somebody who does Reiki energy healing in general, intuitive energy healing, sound baths, and so much more. And I found her, and she's the one behind Mystical Reiki or REI Healing, and her name is Mona. She's with us today. Mona, I'm going to tr- I'm going to take a stab at the at your last name. Are you ready? Sure. Razul Zadeh. That was perfect, Steve. Yes. Wow. <laughs> Great job. <laughs> Welcome. How are you doing today? I'm fantastic. How are you? Very well. And great to have you with us. And it it took me a lot of years to finally realize this whole energy healing thing and what it can do for you. And I'll I'll just be I'll be honest with you. I was involved in it for decades. Being aware oh, wow. of Yeah, on the marketing level, but I was only skimming the rock along the surface of the water. I never jumped into the water, if you will, until a couple of years ago. And I guess that's it goes along with, they say, you know, when the student is ready, the teacher shows up. Well, I, I, I was ready. Journey changed. Yeah. And, yeah. and what a difference that uh, energy healing made for me, especially Reiki. Why don't we, can we center on Reiki for just a moment? Of course. Yes. What, what do you hear from people after you do a session with them? Especially if they're first time Reiki, um, if it's their first time, they're always really blown away because the Reiki I focus on mostly is really deep and transformative. I like to bring all the past lives that we can integrate so you can be your fully empowered self and get down to the root of whatever is causing emotional, mental, or physical pain. So it is a really deep... um, connection that I build with my clients. So usually when they're done the session, it's a lot of enlightenment, um, their mind, their consciousness has really expanded from connecting to their past lives to connecting to parts of themselves that they had never connected to before. So it's very empowering, I would say, Reiki, um, as well as healing. It gives you a sense of who you are, what your purpose is, and how you can best assert yourself in the world. Wow. Um, let's flip it around. How did you, what was that first moment where you felt, oh, wait a minute, this energy, this Reiki thing, this, this is real. Uh, I'm like I did, <laughs> like I should have did this a long time ago. What did you feel? What was that moment like? Um, mine was interesting. Um, I was doing Reiki before I really realized what Reiki was and that's how I got into it. So I started listening to Reiki music and anytime I had pain or any sort of like headache or tension or anything, I'd just be drawn to use different crystals and I'd listen to Reiki music and I'd place my hands on myself. So I started with my first experience Reiki was with myself and then I seeked out professional Reiki healers to kind of experience what their methods were and how they operated. Um, But my first introduction to Reiki was myself and like just 
seeing how quickly and how fast it would heal me. And when I set an intention to get a part of myself healed or ease the pain or whatever it was, um, just even five, ten minutes of doing it and setting that intention and how fast it worked and how quickly it worked. And that, that to me was mind-blowing. And I was like, okay, i got to see this through. And then when I traveled to Australia was when I started meeting people that really needed help and I started just doing what I would do for myself, for others, and then seeing them also heal. And, yeah, that was sort of magical for me. Mm. I started by saying that we all have something to heal from. Did yeah. you did you know right away what you needed to heal from or how it was connected to something, let's say, in your childhood? Uh, yeah, definitely. Well, I had a very traumatic childhood. Um, I didn't really grow up um, normal, as most people would say. I was, my father was quite physically abusive, and I grew up in a very violent home. Um, so I knew I needed a lot of healing. I also am very sensitive, so whenever people would have physical pain around me, I would feel it more so than they would. So healing others is truly healing myself, so that's what really set me on this path of healing others and realizing what the core of each person's trauma is. Is it acute trauma? Is it chronic trauma? Is it what kind of trauma are we even dealing with? That's like the most important thing to know is where it's coming from. And a lot of us, it is childhood trauma. Um, at some point in somewhere in our childhood, we've been abandoned, we've been neglected, um, we've not felt safe. It does all stem back to mostly our childhood years and our teenagehood years. And when it doesn't get resolved, unfortunately, those patterns and trauma carry on into our adulthood, still attracting the same kind of problems that we've had our whole life. So for me, it was definitely my childhood, my issues with my father, and getting to the root of that and healing that first before I was able to step into any other sort of healing. Healing from that, and I'm sorry you had to go through that. Um, That's all right. And and that... That probably changed your adult life, but you weren't even totally aware of how it did until you started figuring it out. Does that sound reasonable? Yes. It definitely was very apparent to me when I started dating. I kept attracting the same sort of masculines in my life that were very similar to my father in the sense that they were controlling or whatnot. Mm -hmm. It took me a while to realize, okay, it's not them it has to be me because it is me that's attracting this. It is me that's getting involved in these patterns and yep. these cycles. So it can't be other people. I had to really look at myself and see what I hadn't healed that was being represented to me in my reality to look at. And isn't it amazing how you can attract those people? And it doesn't even have to be, if you believe in energy, which I do, and I know you do too, it doesn't even have to be in person. You can attract those people through dating apps, but the same people keep showing up. <laughs> Does that, yes. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, definitely. It's like the same person in different bodies. Yeah, yeah, but it's not wow. like you walked into a room. Uh, you could have just, uh, you got, you know, you like somebody or somebody liked you on a dating app, but, but again, goes back to the same thing. And I, I, Happen to attract uh, people, um, women that have lots of anxiety. 
Uh, and I've, I have a feeling I know where that's coming from. Um, I'm the helper. I'm the therapist. Don't really want to do that. <laughs> but No, it's not nice for you to do that. <laughs> exactly. It's, that's not my job to do that. But it all goes back to the lineage of our past, even our childhood, our parents, what that was like. And that's just one piece of things that we need to heal from. Of course, Reiki can truly help you heal from physical challenges too, right? Yes, definitely. Um, You can set Reiki for anything, be it physical challenges, physical pain, disease, illness, or you can go to the root of like the soul, the mental, emotional. It's universal energy, so there's no limits when it comes to Reiki and what it can do for you. It's just your intention, how you want to work with it, where you want to apply it, and the benefits and the outcome you want from it. So. It's all intention, but Reiki itself is, mm. because it's universal energy, it's limitless. It's, yeah, Ta- you can do anything you want with it. I want to look at something else while we're talking about energy. Sure. Um, you, you consider yourself intuitive, right? Correct. A lot of people define that in different ways. How do you define intuitive? For me, it's being connected on energetic level, so seeing into people's energies, um, picking up on their intuitive, like their thoughts through telepathy or seeing images through clairvoyancy, getting feelings through clairsentience. Um, So working with the different psychic abilities to uh, get connected to the other person, for me it's all through feelings. My most, I would say, prominent um, gift or ability is the sense of feeling, feeling people's emotions, feeling people's thoughts, their energy, and I usually tap more into that, but I always do get images as well, as well as hearing, so clear audience and all of that. For me, intuition is just tapping into what's inside you, that inner voice, that gut feeling, and riding that wave and seeing where it takes you and what energies it allows you to tap into. Are you somebody that uh, also can get messages from the other side? Yes, this is something I've been working more on lately. It's something that's come up more so in my reading sessions. But I have been doing a lot more mediumship um, with people that have just passed on, um, seeing different spirits and talking to people on the other side. Now, of course, you also do card readings, right? Correct, yes. Okay. I'm I'm intrigued about the cards. I've known psychics for, for years. Um, yes. And... and even though they're friends, I'm still skeptical. I'll be looking, you know, all right. You know, like, of course. Yeah, you know, that's human nature. Um, the card reading for me, I don't do it, but being around it and experiencing it is more recent. So I'm intrigued by that. When you pull a card, is it Oracle or Tarot or both? I do a little bit of both. Um, I always bring a few different decks and I let the customer client see what they're drawn to mm-hmm. and then I'll work with that deck that they're drawn to because I feel like that's the one that's going to give them the most amount of messages that they need to receive. When you pull a card, do you find that there's always, there's something there every single time or do you pull a card and it's like, oh, I don't know what that means for you. <laughs> I am, uh, I'm trying to figure it out myself. What, how does it work for you? Um, so for me, it's always there is always something that comes through the cards. Um, they're always speaking to me. They'll have some sort of message. But sometimes 
people will come in wanting to know something about someone else, and they're not there. Sometimes I am blocked from getting guidance on someone that hasn't given me permission to tap into their energy. So let's say a husband and a wife come in, and the wife's inquiring about her husband, and I haven't been given permission to access his energy. Sometimes I will be blocked. I'll pull a card for him, and they're not speaking to me, or I'll just be redirected to tell the person, oh, like, I'm not able to tap into their energy. So there are times where that does happen, but if it's someone coming in for themselves, that's never happened. Um, but if they're inquiring about someone else, then that person, their energy isn't open to these things, sometimes I will be blocked from getting guidance or tapping into their energy. You sound like you enjoy what you do. I love what I do. Hmm. Tell, tell us about your journey, how it all began, you getting in this whole metaphysical world. Uh, was it you had feeling that you had some kind of intuition when you were much younger? Yeah, so it actually started out when I was very, very young. I would see a lot of things. Um, and when you're a child, you don't really want to be seeing things. You don't want to be feeling things. They're, you're unaware of what they are. So I did a lot of blocking and numbing myself. Um, I grew up being very, very, my third eye was always very open, so I would always see things. Mm. And when I was younger, if anybody very close to me passed on, I had a very hard time with death, as in I would feel their presence still very much, even after they had passed on. And this was very apparent when one of my aunts passed on. Um, for weeks, I kept telling my mom, oh, I still feel her in my room. And she, I was one of the only ones that didn't get to see her before she passed. So she, I would see her a lot in dreams or right before going to bed. I'd always feel her in my room, and I'd never open my eyes because I didn't want to see her. But ever since I was a child, I would get very, very strong intuitive messages or if there, something was off, I would get a very loud message that, like, I was not to do this or something was wrong. And if I ever still didn't listen and I did what I wanted it would become very, very clear to me that what was being told before, the feeling I had, was very correct. I shouldn't have done what I did. So over the years, since I was a child, it became very clear that I obviously was connected to something bigger than myself, and I was picking up things that weren't in this physical world. But I didn't grasp or understand the gravity of everything until much, much later in life. Wow. Um, there's so much here to talk about. And by the way, you mentioned your third eye. Yes. Somebody last year told me, I guess they essentially do what you do. Not everything that you do. They do Reiki. But they did a session on me virtually. And yeah. they told me that your, meaning me, my third eye is kind of mucked up. You know, they try to clean it out as much as possible, but it's not as good as it should be. That's that's my handicapped, I guess. But then they said, but your other chakras are very much in tune to the point where you have an uncanny ability to spot BS. That's mm -hmm. what that she said about me. I'm like, I, you know what? I wish my third eye could see a little bit in the future. I feel like I can't, but I should be able to. But I believe the, you know, the spot the BS, you know, the truth in people, um, I think is pretty sharp. So they, they said... I make up for the third eye with that. Have you ever yes. heard stuff like that where one shock, a couple of chakras or one is way stronger than the others and you kind of make up for things? Oh, definitely. Um, some of us are born with like our crown wide open or our third eye wide open, so we don't have to work on opening it. 
and others are born with maybe their heart chakra wide open, the rest all closed. Um, but for the third eye, if you want to kind of polish it up and clean it, I always recommend not using any fluoride, which is in our water, which is in our toothpaste, most of all. Wow. So people don't even realize by using these normal, basic things that they use every day, they're essentially blocking their third eye and helping keep it, like, blocked and never opening. So fluoride is one of the main, main reasons many people in this world don't have their third eye open because this world is actually built for us not to be able to see past the illusions that it is representing us. So the third eye is a really, really important chakra in this world to kind of be able to see what you need to see and become open to what's actually happening around you. So it's a chakra that's unfortunately blocked by um, the government, our world, society, all of that, that they do a very, very good job at making sure we don't get that uh, third eye opened. Wow. I didn't even know about the fluoride. Uh, let's go back to that for a split second. Yeah. What? Why does that, why does that make a difference in your, your third eye? There, I don't exactly know what is the connection, but I know fluoride itself, the chemical that's in it, it's very related and connected to the pineal gland, which is the third eye. So it does block it, and it's in our toothpaste, and it's in our water. So unless you're drinking filtered water and making sure there's no fluoride in it or using toothpaste that's all organic and natural, you are essentially going to have your third eye blocked because of the chemicals you're putting into your body. Um, there are certain chemicals that block all of our chakras, they're the main energy systems of the body, and they're all associated with different organs in the body. So when we're working with them, we're opening up and essentially balancing out those organs. So fluoride, what it does, the chemical in it, it unfortunately creates a block or makes it fuzzy so your third eye doesn't ever completely open. It'll be there, and it might just, kind of see blurry, but it won't allow you to see clearly. It creates sort of a mask. Unbelievable. And all this yeah. time, I never heard anything about that or like that. Wow. Gee, you you run why deep. Why would you? <laughs> I'll tell you why, because I didn't talk to Mona. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there it is. Uh, you run deep with this stuff, but you you know what's great? You make it easy to understand. It's not too deep, you know, for those of us who aren't, uh, you know, experts or haven't really learned uh, a lot about this. Um, tell me about your mom. We talked about your dad before. Your mom, yeah. was she a big uh, driving force in all of this? She definitely was. My mom's an angel, so she's very spiritual, very connected. Um, she's my best friend. She's very much like me, um, has very vivid dreams so she's a clairvoyant she'll see things um so i grew up with her very much encouraging all my gifts and abilities and truly letting me see into the spirit world without making it scary so she'd always talk to me about like oh i had this dream and then it would happen and i just became a believer in mm. dreams and the other world at a very young age through her and her experiences actually do you believe in signs from those who have passed or just the universe in general? 100%. The universe is always, always speaking to us through synchronicities, 
numbers, messages that you see every day, songs, oh. music. Oh, I'm right there with you. And I'll share in, in, I'll try and keep it to 30 seconds here, Mona, but my mom, today is the fifth anniversary of her funeral. And oh, I'm sorry, Steve. Thank you. She's everywhere. I I feel I'm more connected, even though our relationship was, was great. I feel I'm more connected now than ever. And just what you said, numbers and things like that, I will ask her for signs. Just show me you're listening. Just it's been a while or I need your I need your reassurance that this situation is going to go well. And the last time I did that, which is a few months ago, I don't try to I don't overdo it. I only ask when I really need it. Um, I had a new modem installed here in this studio office. And you know, it's a password that, that they generate automatically, put a sticker on it. And then you got to put on your devices, use that password. The, the password was four numbers, dash Rose, dash five, two. And Rose is her name. It's her middle. Oh, so it's so beautiful. It, that, that's one of many so specific, like you can't even, and those numbers, if you add yeah. them up, uh, and, and just play around with them. They always come to seven and 11. I don't know what that means, what, what's going on there until I looked a little bit deeper and my dad passed when I was 21. Um, uh, remember I said seven, 11, he passed yeah. on seven, 11. Oh, wow. Yeah. And he was born on three, four. There's the seven again. So there's, mm. you know, there's some, what does it all mean? I don't know. She's listening. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got. I know she's listening because it's so specific. Yes. Why it's so much easier to feel them when they're actually gone is because they're pure energy. They can be at all places at all times, anytime. But when we're in our human bodies, there's our ego that plays a lot of big part in our lives. Um, it really prevents us from being our full selves. So when somebody passes and we are aware of the other world, other side, we're able to connect with them all the time. If we're open, like we can ask for signs, they'll show right away. We can ask to see them in dreams, do dream work. So it's actually easier when we're human. Sometimes our pride or our ego gets in the way and we don't actually connect to people on the level that we should be. It prevents us from getting that deep or that close. So when someone passes on and there are all souls, that's when we really, really can connect to them on levels we weren't able to even in this life. Thank you for saying that because I, when when my mom was here, she had some health issues. So a lot of that, yeah. that was the focus whereby now I'm just focusing on her presence. I'm not, I don't have to worry about those issues and that's fine. And I was happy yeah. to be there for her. Uh, she was always there for me, of course. But the, the energy is different now where we don't worry about that stuff. And the first wake up that this stuff was real was going through a really challenging time and a very important meeting could be a life changer. And I was asking her for signs, like, mom, give me a sign. That's going to be okay. Just, you know, I was by the night before the morning of the meeting, I pulled into the parking lot. I looked down at my energy drink, the expiration date on the energy drink in the console of my car was her birthday. So, and I was like, thanks, mom. And everything went fantastic. So, the, you know, it's, it, of course, it's, it's there if you ask, but you have to be open to seeing it because you may be getting all these signs, but you're, you don't see them, <laughs> but they're there. Yeah. Everybody is like, their eyes are close to these signs. They get these signs because yeah. the universe, regardless of whether you see it, hear it, or are attuned to it, 
it operates in that way. It speaks through music, yep. numbers, mm-hmm. signs, synchronicities. It's just up to you if you're going to tune in and listen. I'm not looking into it. I'm not trying to say, well, you know, let's say if you a butterfly goes by and you're like, uh, my mom liked butterflies, that must be her. If you believe that, that's great. But yeah. I'm 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 going deeper. Like I I want specifics. <laughs> <laughs> and I get them, yes. but I'm looking for them. And that's what my friend said when I saw the uh, energy drink expiration date. My friend's like, well, you know, it's pretty cool. It's a one in 365 chance. All right. You know, fantastic. He goes, what are the chances that you were looking at that energy drink at that moment that you needed that sign? That's a big, that's bigger for me. It's like, you know, you're right. Exactly. Yeah. Who's <laughs> looking at the expiration date as they oh. drink their energy drink, right? At the moment I needed it. You know, it could have been like yeah. a day later. It's like, all right, great, but I got what I needed. Um, if anybody wants to look a little bit deeper into what you do in this whole energy thing, how do we find you? Yes, of course. So my website is mysticalreihealing.com. My phone number is on there as well, but you can reach me at 604 789 on my services, the description of what I do, it's all on my website. That's the mm-hmm. easiest way to find me. And when you say R-E-I, Ray, is that short for Reiki or does that have another meaning? No, so that's the Japanese um, word for energy force. So Reiki is, it comes from Japan. It originated from Japan. So all the words are actually in Japanese and Ray is like light source, energy source. Wow. Got it. Now yeah. it's now it now it's clear because now it's making sense. Now it is. It really is because you don't just do Reiki. You heal with energy using other modalities. So mystical R E I Ray mystical Healing dot com. Mona, great having you on here. Great talking with Thank you. Thank you. Yes, you as well. You got amazing energy and passion, and I'm looking forward next time we get together. Me as well. Thank you so much for today. Oh, thank you. We'll be right back. Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. Adopt U.S. Kids presents Multiple Choice Parenting. Your daughter just had her first breakup. Do you A, put yourself in her shoes? How could he do this to you? And for Sheila, she, she has split ends. B, console her. Oh, sweetie, this is going to happen a lot. Four, maybe five more times before you get married. C, take charge. Got to get this all straightened out. Keep a little talking to, man to man, mano a mano. Hey, Steve. It's now a good time? No? Okay, no problem. Bye. Or D, help her find a new boyfriend. I know a great place to meet boys. The internet. Nice, single boys. Never mind. How about some ice cream? As a parent, there are no perfect answers. But you don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt U.S. Kids, and the Ad Council.